Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Here we go, another edition of Chicago Bears Nation, Bears Nation podcast. It's me, Jake Hassan, joined by Chris Nano again. Josh Wiles is out. He had some adult stuff to do, so he can't be on this week. So we have Kevin Lapka back on the program. Kevin, welcome back. Good to be back. Good to talk some Bears again. Love it. Absolutely. Chris, always good to hear from you, talk to you again. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just ready to talk about Bears football. Just for the season to start, man. Definitely. So let's get right into it. Uh, we're just going to go through. we got a list. A bunch of stuff has happened in the last couple weeks. And we'll start with Bears 100, uh, the celebration of 100 years of Bears football. They had a big banquet hall. They had a big uh, kind of convention. They had a big convention center, had everyone together, uh, current players, past players, past coaches. And it was highlighted by some new jerseys, uh, some new concepts for the jerseys. Kyle Fuller was the main uh, example, I guess, model, if you will, of these jerseys. But, I mean, let's talk for a minute or two about these jerseys. What do we think right off the bat, boys? Well, I think they're pretty fresh. I mean, I think the crazy thing is when Kyle Fuller walked out on that stage with the jersey on, that was the first time anyone on the team had seen the jerseys. So I think that was a pretty cool moment for them to all experience it at the same time. But, you know, there was people who were kind of criticizing it, but I think it's super cool that it's a nod to the past. But I think it's just, you know, I think the jersey's really clean. I think I'm going to buy one myself uh, at the store. But um, the socks are cool. The helmet is a little weird, but overall, I think it's a super fresh jersey. I think they'll be wearing it twice against the Vikings and the Cowboys. So definitely for those two games, Bears and we look fresh yeah um i i actually really like them as well um i know there were some mixed opinions on twitter and other social media sites but i actually i actually love them um they kind of give me uh virginia cavaliers vibes um okay yeah yeah that's the first thing that i thought of when i saw them but yeah i i'm i'm a huge fan of them yeah i think when it comes to stuff like jerseys and uniform changes even if like kevin said it's only for a couple games that you're gonna see them there's always going to be people that have some issues or think they're not as cool as what other people think I'm with you guys. I think they're awesome. I think they're really cool. Um, and I like when, I like when teams do this, you know, when they do it for two games or a couple games here and there, they change it up, they mix it up. I mean, last year we had the orange uniforms, uh, the orange Jersey. So that was cool. Like I like this. And I, I think like Kevin said, it's a nice little nod to the past, but they're also like current. They don't look old or, you know, out of date. They look cool. I, right. I think you're going to see a lot of people getting a, snagging some for themselves. 
And does that make five jerseys now this season? Because I know we obviously have the traditional blue home, the traditional uh, white away, and then we got the oranges, and now these new alternates. But are we still doing the throwbacks, uh, like the blue throw, not the not the, the blue alternate ones, uh, where it's just kind of like a, a dark blue? I don't know how to explain it, but does that make five different jersey combinations, or is it just the four that I mentioned uh, without that that other alternate one? Do you guys know? Yeah. I, I was actually talking with my buddies about that. Uh, I had the same question because those I really like those those uh I think it's is it nineteen forty seven throwbacks I believe. The ones that uh, we we've worn the past few years, right? Exactly. Yeah, those. Are, yeah. And those and I was wondering the same thing. Um, so yeah, I I don't think I don't think they've said anything, have they, about it? I'm not sure. Yeah, but those I are, like, those are the nineteen forty seven throwbacks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it I think that might make five. I could see them chopping one off, um, because five kind of kind of <laughs> seems like a lot. But yeah. I mean, I I'd be fine with that. It's still cool. But I, I'd say it's probably four. They're probably chopping one off. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably assume they would just chop off the 1947 one and replace it with the one that they just released at Bears 100. You know, that would, right. that would probably make the most sense. And then, you know, I think they'd probably do two more games with the oranges again because th- I think those are really cool. I think those are super fresh. Um, and then, again, the rest are just traditional blue and traditional white for home and away. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, another thing that came out of Bears 100 was Jim McMahon passed along the sunglasses and headband to Mitch Trubisky. A uh, thing that sent people that were there crazy. Everybody loved it. It was a huge thing on social media. Um but I think this is, I think if you want to look into it a little bit, I think this is a testament to the culture the Bears have built. And, you know, I, I think it's a testament to what's happening at Hallis Hall, the kind of the cohesiveness of this team and every, like how everybody's all for one, you know, everybody's together and the fans are buying into it. And so now you see guys like Jim McMahon coming to this and even the legends are buying into this. I think it's a testament to what is being built culture wise at Hallis Hall. I 100% agree. I think the whole Bears 100 celebration just, you know, showed the culture of this franchise and the state of the franchise because I, I, I'd i say if you think about it, two years ago, like let's say it worked out where the 100th season of Chicago Bears was two years ago during the John Fox era when we were, you know, 6-10, and 10, not very good. You know, you wouldn't have seen the same effect as you had this year. You probably wouldn't have even seen as many alumni come to it. And then you just were able to see the culture. Again, like you said, the cohesiveness. You know, it, it's, it's really just incredible to see honestly what they are building there at Hallis Hall like you mentioned and I think it's really important to look at as far as you know what it's going to show on the field as well because I'm a big believer in culture having a huge effect uh, on a team's performance and obviously that was there last year and I think that was one of the biggest reasons that the Bears were so successful last year so now they can ride on that even more I think it's gonna be really good for not only you know locker room stuff but also performance on the field I think it contributes to that as well. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think this this kind of goes back to you know a lot of our podcasts last year of how we were talking about the culture and whatnot. Um, and yeah, you know, it, you can just see everyone's having fun, everyone's just enjoying themselves. And and like Kevin said, I feel like that that's gonna we're gonna see the effect of that on the field because um, it's it's it seems like you know these guys are are not viewing this you know as a job. It's more of like you know I'm I'm going hanging out with some buddies, playing football, doing what I love. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I fully expect that to, to translate to uh, to stuff on the field. 
Yeah, I mean, Kevin, you're right. It, two years ago, three years ago, you absolutely couldn't have done this. And if you did, I mean, you wouldn't have had all these people come through. You wouldn't have had all these guys dancing on stage and hyping mm-hmm. each other up on stage. I mean, well, when the jerseys were announced, I mean, you had current players, and then you had guys like Devin Hester up there too, and everybody was just joking around, having a good time. Three years ago, I don't think you would have had a packed house like that of alumni or fans. I think, mm-hmm. I, I think this is just a good thing all around. And, you know... People, Jim McMahon's still in this town, a, a legend, a, a hero, if you will, and people love him. So when he, you know, passes this torch, quote unquote, to Trubisky, I mean, people love that even more because they're tying probably their favorite quarterback of Bears past to the current franchise quarterback. And it, and I mean, Mitch embraced it, which I love. I mean, we've seen Mitch be all in on everything around Chicago, but he, I mean, the way he sat back and just kind of put it on. It's awesome, and I, I think it, it's just Mitch being even more likable than he already was. Yeah, and he actually did come out and say he's actually going to wear the headband at one point this season, so that's going to be super awesome when that happens. But just to add on, just think about it this way. like Gail Sayers, who has dementia, made an appearance, which is probably very challenging for him, made an appearance to be a part of this celebration with the Bears, and again, does wouldn't happen three years ago with that state of the bears. So it just goes to show, you know, the fridge showed up, Gail Sayers, all these people who it may have been challenging for them to make the trip to Chicago. I don't know where Gail Sayers exactly lives or whatever, but to even make the trip down to the convention center to be a part of it, it shows that, you know, they truly care. And it actually just shows the history of the franchise and how rich the history is and how great this, uh, this franchise has been built over the years. Yep. hundred percent in agreement with all that, man. So as we wrap up this Bears 100 talk, is there anyone you would have wanted to see or someone you guys are disappointed that didn't show up to this convention center, to this whole event? Uh, I believe Brian Urlacher didn't show up, right? Because of a sickness yeah. or something, right? So, I mean, yeah, it would have been cool to see him there. He said he had food poisoning. Yeah, yeah. I, which is a little weird, but I get, you know, just bad timing. I mean... Uh, but I think, I, I, I mean, I can't think of anyone else who wasn't there, so I don't really have an answer to that because from what I saw on Instagram and Twitter and everything, like it seemed like nearly everyone uh, that at least I enjoy as a player was there, but it would have been cool to see Erlacher there and be a part of that, uh, that linebacker talk and, and stuff like that. But nonetheless, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, uh, same here. I mean, Erlacher was the only guy that I could think of that, that wasn't there. So, yeah, it just, just seemed like a whole lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I, I just I just love what I'm seeing uh, with, you know, with the culture of this team and and all that. I, I, I can't wait for for another season. Do you. So mine was actually that stood out. Lovey wasn't there. Oh, and okay. so and I I do have some insight into this. They did have a big recruiting weekend in, at Illinois that weekend. They had some recruits overnight visiting. So. I have a feeling that he was invited and just couldn't make it because yeah. I, do, I do know they were hosting some four-star prospects for over the weekend visits. And so he was probably taking care of stuff down in Champaign, yeah. but I mean, it still would have been cool to hear from him. I, I mean, you know, obviously something's getting in the way, but um, another one I want to bring up is, and I, I think this was him. I have a feeling Jay Cutler decided not to show up. Oh. I have a feeling he declined to attend. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, you know, like him walking out on the stage, I'm not even really sure what the reaction from the crowd would be because there's honestly people out there who still have respect for Jay Cutler because 
you know, there's people who still believe he actually showed a lot of grit. Uh, and, you know, he does hold a majority of the passing records for the Chicago Bears. But obviously, there's people who hate Jay Cutler and for, you know, kind of the crappy things he did for the franchise and some of his time here. But, um, you know, I, I could definitely, you know, I, I'm assuming he got an invitation. I don't know how that process worked. I'm assuming they just gave an invitation to most of the notable players. And, you know, Jay Cutler was one of the players on the top 100 Bears list. So I'm assuming he would have been invited. But for him, I feel like going out there, he just, he just wouldn't have been comfortable. You know, he wouldn't have been praised like pretty much other any other alumni that was there. Um, so I think for him, it was just kind of a personal choice where it was like, you know, it's not going to be, you know, as cool for me because I know I'm not going to get the same reaction as some of these other guys that are going to be there. Definitely. My thoughts as well. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think, you know, knowing not obviously I don't know him, but from what we've seen from Jay Cutler, it doesn't really seem like his type of scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah, I, I'm I agree with you guys on that on that point. Yeah, okay. Well we'll move on from uh Bears one hundred. It looked like a fun time. It would have been cool uh to be there. It seems like everyone enjoyed their time there. It seemed like all the players and everyone had fun. But keeping it moving Let's talk about some other news. CBS Sports did a ranking of the top players in the NFL. And coming in at number five was none other than Khalil Mack. I mean, obviously, we've talked about on this podcast, Khalil Mack, one of the best players, if not the best defensive player in the league. And what do we think? Too high, too low? What what are our initial thoughts of this? Uh, I think that's just about right. Maybe too low. I mean, this guy is an unstoppable force on the field, obviously, as we know. But um, he's obviously was a little bit overshadowed by Aaron Donald last year. And, you know, you, you could have made the case for him to be the defensive player of the year if he had not. I think if he played the two games uh, where he was injured, if he had played those games and accumulated maybe a few more sacks, he definitely uh, could have been even more in the conversation for the defensive player of the year more than he already was. Um, but, yeah, Khalil Mack is is. You know, it's very justifiable that he's there at number five. I think you could even put him in the top three if you'd want to, um, because he is just, you know, his impact on the team last year. uh, You know, not many players can just show up to a team like that and have the impact that he did. And I think that's why his ranking is so high there at number five. Yeah, um, you know, the players ranked before him are Aaron Donald, Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers and Vaughn Miller. Um, Really? Vaughn Miller? Yeah, Vaughn Miller is actually at four, and that's that's where I feel like, you know, I feel like you can swap uh, Mac and him, you know, oh, yeah. right there. Um, and I think you can even put him above Rodgers after after last season. But um, I, I get it; he's a quarterback. He's Aaron Rodgers, so it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, we all know what what Khalil Mack is about at this point. Uh, we we saw we saw it firsthand last year. Um, and you know, other than Aaron Donald, in my opinion. I think Khalil Mack is the best defensive player in the league, and, and I still think he has an argument against Aaron Donald. Um, but, yeah, I mean, top five, um, you know, we can, we can you know, nitpick a little bit, but, you know, he uh, being a top five NFL player is, is pretty, you know, it's, it's a big deal. So I'm okay with the ranking. Yeah, I also would have had him uh, probably about interchangeable with Von Miller. Um, but it's just – as a bears fan, it's cool to have someone that high in the rankings, you know, cause you know, how long has it been since we've had a player like Cleo Mack? I mean, we said this at the time of the trade to even look at these lists and think, Oh, I wonder where Cleo Mack's going to end up inside the top 10, inside the top five. And I mean, furthermore, Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks, guys like that, 
and say, oh, I wonder where these guys are going to be. Whereas, I mean, what, just three years ago, the only guy in the top 100 we had was either Kyle Long or Jordan Howard. Yeah. <laughs> and now, and now we have, you know, three, four or five guys making these lists, including one breaking the top five. So I, I think, again, it just, it just speaks to kind of what we mentioned earlier, how far the bears have come in the short span of three, two, three years. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a direct testament of how good your football team is. I mean, the more better players you have, the better team you are. You know, it's just the way it goes. I remember watching, you know, NFL Network does the same thing. They do the, the top 100 players each summer. And three years ago, I would watch it consistently see, oh, where, you know, is a Bears player going to make it this year? And I would really only watch the first episode because I knew we'd only the only Bears player would pretty much be between like the 80 and 100 range because again, it was either Jordan Howard or Kyle Long, but there was really no one else who would be higher than that. So it's pretty refreshing to see not only Khalil Mack at number five, but again, like you said, Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks, and then one other, because I know there was four in the top 100. Uh, I didn't look to see who the, the, the fourth person I, was. I think it was Kyle oh. Fuller. Was it Fuller? Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So it's a breath, uh, a breath of fresh air for us to see, you know, the Bears have, uh, four players here in the in these top 100 rankings, so it, it's definitely awesome. And again, it's a testament to a good football team. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because I I would ask, you know, how much higher do we think he can go? But I mean, how much? Like, it's not too much wiggle room there. So I'll take yeah. five. Um, let's move on then. OTAs just finished. Uh, mini camp is on the horizon, coming up in July. Or but, training camp. Training camp. Yeah, my bad. Um, but OTAs, you know, there's always storylines and especially the bears. There's some off season storylines that we've talked about since the season ended and some that have popped up. So let's get into it. And I feel like we've talked about this every podcast since February, but the kicking (laughs) competition has to come up because it is still an unresolved issue. Um, you know, news came out that there were some competitions, um, as most notably being on the final day. Nagy lined up uh, Elliot Fry and uh, I'm Pinheiro. On the guy. Pinheiro, yeah. He lined him up in at 43 yards, the distance that Cody Parkey missed at uh, mm-hmm. infamously. And he said, all right, if you guys nail these, both of you nail this, it's over. Everybody go home, enjoy the rest of your summer until training camp. And, you know, I, I like it. I like the pressure that Nagy is putting on the kickers. I like that. He keeps bringing it up. Isn't letting it die. I'm sure some of these guys would be like, Oh, I'm, I'm sure the kickers are like, you know, this isn't us, man. This wasn't on us, but I like it. I like keeping the pressure on because you have this expectation. Now you're a playoff team, you're a division winner. And you know, to, to have all those eyes on you to try and recreate that situation because it's going to come up again. An important kick's going to come up again where everybody's counting on you. And you know, everybody has a flashback of Parky, but I like it. I, I think it's a good strategy by Nagy. I 100% agree. It's something that needs to happen. You know, you have to prepare these guys for that situation. And uh, I believe, you know, when Chris Blewett got cut, for those who don't know, they cut Chris Blewett because they did the same thing on the first day of minicamp. They got the three kickers together and said, all right, you know, like you said, same thing, 43-yard field goal. And all three of them missed that first day. Right. And Twitter was going crazy. They were freaking out. They're like, oh, my God, we're never going to find a kicker. So they actually cut the leash on uh, – Chris Blewett, so he's gone. But uh, they said at that at that first day of minicamp, they had all the players watching and even a bunch of alumni who kind of stayed over after the Bears 100 celebration. So they really got to emphasize the amount of pressure that was there. So I think that's, again, like you said, going to be a common thread going into training camp. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll end every practice that way just to get them prepared to be, you know, under some type of pressure, um, you know, for this upcoming season. But 
I have a question for you guys. Elliot Fry and Eddie Pinheiro are the two current uh, kickers on the roster, but there is some availability outside um, in free agency. I know people are talking about Matt Bryant, and then for those people who do have a glimmer of hope about Robbie Gold, do you guys think the current Bears kicker is on the roster right now, or do you think there is another one out in free agency that they're going to get for this season? Um, you know, that's a very good question. Um, I, if I had to guess, I, I think they would have made a deal to, to acquire someone by now, uh, or whether that's bringing them in by free agency or trading for someone, um, which I know doesn't happen too often, but they did do it for Pinheiro. So, um, I honestly think our kicker is going to be Eddie Pinheiro from what I've been reading. Obviously it's still early, um, but I do think he's going to be the guy he's looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with Chris. I think if they were going to bring in Matt Bryant or even trade for Robbie Gold um, or make a call to Pat McAfee, whoever, I I think they would have done it already. Um, I will say I'm going to wait until training camp is over to say that the kicker is officially already on the roster because I think training camp is probably your last chance to bring in a Matt Bryant Mm -hmm. or whoever you want to. Yeah. Um, I really want to believe it's Fry or Pinheiro, though. Um, as of right now, I'm going to go with Chris. I think it's Pinheiro. You don't trade for a guy, even if you do just give up a whatever it was, a six-round pick. So, for yeah, him, six or seven. Or, or six or seven. I think it was conditional even. like You don't give up capital of any kind for a guy if you don't expect him to be a contributor or play some kind of role. And then you're just going to, you know, you don't trade for a guy just to have him play a summer role and then you cut him. So I'm going to roll with Pinheiro too, but I mean, we've seen, this is a very fluid process. We don't know what's going on. This can turn any which way. I mean, tomorrow we could see that they signed Matt Bryant for two years and 14 million or however much, you know, Um, I I do think Robbie gold's off the table. I think if that was going to happen, I think it would have happened already. Um, the 40, 49ers GM John Lynch seems very against it. Um, it, and I think Ryan Pace, his aggressiveness, I think if he really wanted to make it happen, he would have done so already. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one thing that we might see happen is like, okay, Elliot Fry and Eddie Pinero have kind of been through the whole OTA and minicamp process, you know, good for them. They're putting in the work. And I think if things don't really go right in training camp, they start to fall off a little bit that's when they might make that emergency phone call to Matt Bryan because there's nothing that Matt Bryan needs to prove. He's been a clutch kicker for years with the Falcons. His field goal percentages are some of the best in the NFL. So if Pinheiro and Fry fail, it's just like, okay, where's the Matt Bryan hotline? Let's get him in Chicago before the season starts because, you know, it's not like he needs, you know, to prove – uh, the pressure kicks to prove anything. And, you know, he, as far as the kicker position goes, you can kind of just plug him in there. Uh, you know, I think if it's a guy like him and be successful, so we'll see it, what happens, but it's obviously a storyline that'll, uh, we'll keep, uh, touching base on. Right. And I mean, with Matt Bryant, I mean, he's a veteran. It's not like he's just sitting at home, like eating Cheetos or something. Like I'm sure he's (laughs) staying in shape, like practicing kicks. I'm sure he's out there just waiting for the phone to ring, maybe even making some calls himself. Mm -hmm. So, it's a fluid process. I would love. I I, I want to believe it's Fry or Pinheiro and it's locked in, but uh, I'll wait until after training camp's over to actually make that call. Um, but I like it. I like that the pressure's being put on them. And I, uh, Kevin, you mentioned that the first day they all missed the forty-three yarder, but I think it was the next day they all nailed it. Then, so yeah, like, well, the third day, yeah, the yeah, final so day, yeah. 
So, I mean, it it could go either which way. It's still, I mean, we're Bears fans prepare to be stressed out about this until games start and we see some kicks go through the uprights because I don't think Pretty this much. is changing anytime soon. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, let's keep it moving with OTA storylines. David Montgomery was a huge one. The guy that Ryan Pace drafted to try and be the new lead back of the Chicago Bears backfield. Um, you know, when Montgomery was drafted, we heard that this was a guy who could be a three down back who had the potential to be that a guy who could, you know, go for a thousand yards in his rookie year, much like Jordan Howard did, but also add something in the passing game and, you know, truly be that every down threat and then allow Tariq Cohen to be in those gadget plays and, you know, run wild through the slot or something. Um, And through OTAs, that's been the storyline. Everyone has said that Montgomery looks good. He's really impressing everyone as a pass catcher, as a blocker, and that it really looks like this guy is going to be the lead back. Um, I don't think this surprises anybody. We were expecting this out of him. But does for you guys, is it still uplifting? Is it still you know a good reinforcement, a positive reinforcement to hear this good news about David Montgomery? Oh, 100%. This is great news. I mean, th- there's people out there who are currently doing Rookie of the Year rankings, and uh, quite a few of them have Dave Montgomery at the top for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, not only people within the Bears organization are optimistic about this kid. Um, they said out of uh, OTAs that they're really impressed with his pass-catching ability, which is really good to see because obviously that's a huge part of the Matt Nagy offense that we consistently talk about, which is what Jordan Howard lacked, as we know. So it's good to see that. I also want to shout out Ryan Pace for actually getting uh, David Montgomery his rookie contract so we don't get a Roquan Smith situation where he doesn't sign a contract until August, late August, September. So finally, uh, you know, he's not going to be waiting long uh, to be on the field and train camp. But nonetheless, I'm really excited about these storylines that we're seeing from Montgomery that he's moving quickly because quite frankly, that is what the Bears needed. They, they, they couldn't afford a guy who is going to take some time who might, you know, have a bit of a learning curve because, as we know, this team has potential to win the Super Bowl this year. So we think uh, so they need a guy who can learn quickly and be ready. And it appears to be uh, that is what David Montgomery is doing. Yeah, um, he's, he's 100 percent a plug and play type of player. Um, I, you know, once we drafted him, I, I, I right when we drafted him, I started believing that he was going to be, you know, our workhorse, our three down back. Um, and obviously, from what we're hearing, it does seem like he's trending that way. Um, and to me, he's just, he just seems like a Chicago Bears type of running back. He's tough as nails. Um, he's big. He's strong. And he's also, you know, deceivingly quick. Um, so, you know, I, I can't wait to see how they're going to implement him, Cohen and Davis, um, and even Cordero, Cordero Patterson um, in there as well. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. But, yeah, I mean, how can you not be excited for, for from what, we're, what we've been hearing, you know? Yeah, I mean, with Montgomery, Jordan Howard was shipped off for a reason, and we all know that that was because <laughs> excuse me, Jordan Howard was shipped off for a reason, and because he couldn't be on the field for all three downs. And you know, I've said this on this podcast many times, and Chris, I'm sure you have too. When Howard was on the field, you knew what was about to happen. When Cohen was on the field, you knew the opposite was going to happen, and it became too predictable. So. To hear that Nagy has this guy at running back, he has someone that he trusts to be out there all three downs, whether that's blocking, catching a pass, or just running up the middle, it's great because then 
you feel like this offense can truly go to the next level. Mitch can take that next step. The receivers can take that next step. And then you have Montgomery and you can watch his development over a season. So let me ask you guys this. What are your expectations for Montgomery going into the season? Because I saw a projection that uh, had him just about what Jordan Howard's numbers were. Uh, I think in his second year, it was like 1500 yards or something like that altogether. Um, and like a thousand on the ground and some like 500 through the air. What do you guys think? What, what are our expectations for David Montgomery going into training camp before a game has even been played? I definitely would agree with that about it being similar to Jordan Howard's production. I think he goes over 1500 all purpose yards, um, 10 total touchdowns. I'd say, you know, like six on the ground and maybe four receiving. He might even, he probably get a little get more, maybe, get more than 10, um, maybe more like 12 or 13. But I, I definitely think that he's going to be guy, a guy that's going to be utilized. So there's really no reason for him not to have, you know, over 1,000 or 1,500 yards and over 10 touchdowns. So if you're a big fantasy football guy, uh, this is uh, definitely a guy you should be looking at maybe uh, in the later rounds, definitely if you're a fantasy football guy for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited about Dave Montgomery, and I think he's going to live up to those expectations that people are putting out for him right now. Yeah, um, you know, I think he'll, I think he'll definitely get over a thousand all-purpose yards. Um, as far as touchdowns go, I just feel like we have so many weapons that it's kind of hard to predict. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I can see him get having maybe like six or seven, and and I don't think that's bad at all, especially for a rookie. Um, if he gets over one thousand all-purpose yards and six, seven touchdowns, that's pretty damn good. Um, yeah. You know, because we are gonna have Tariq Cohen, we are gonna have uh, Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson. We know that we know that Nagy likes to, you know, uh, mix things up um, and, you know, he does a lot of trickery and whatnot. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm this is me expecting Trubisky to take that next step. So, um, you know, guys like Alan Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Riley Ridley. You know, I feel like everyone's going to be involved. So um, that's why I don't think his stats will, will jump out um, at us. But, you know, I, I still think he's going to be phenomenal. So. Um, that's that's just the bottom line. Yeah, I, I think overall we're going to see a big jump from the offense. Chris, you listed a bunch of guys, including the receivers. I think that's going to be a huge thing. Um, two things left that I want to get to from OTAs, and one of them dealing with the receivers. Anthony Miller is still doing just some light work. He's recovering from that shoulder surgery injury that he had. Um, are we worried about Anthony Miller yet, or are we going to wait until training camp and see if he's on the field then. Uh, I'm not really worried about it. They uh, he got the surgery it was a successful surgery, as we know. Uh, I think right now it's precautionary. I think you know I don't think him doing light work is showing that he's not prepared. I think it's just them saying we know your capabilities for now. Just take it easy until training camp, and then I think I would assume he'll be a, a full go in training camp. But even if he's not. I think he can still afford to take some light work maybe halfway through training camp and then be a full go, but I'm not worried about him at all. I don't really think uh, there's much of an underlying issue there with the shoulder injury. I think, again, the surgery was successful. Um, he said he was feeling good after it, uh, you know, a few months after, a few weeks after. He said he was feeling good, and uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot from him on the field this year, but I'm not really too worried about it. What about you guys? Yeah, um, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think it is precautionary. I don't think there's a reason to worry at the moment. Because um, like, like you said, Kevin, I mean, 
there really is no reason to rush him back right now. We we know what Anthony Miller is capable of. Um, he's a very very good wide receiver, and, and you know that's another guy that I'm pretty sure you guys will, will agree. Um, that's gonna that's gonna take that next jump, that next step. Um, to be, you know, a, a very you know talented wide receiver, which he already is. Um, but you guys, you, you know what I mean. Like his numbers, I think will improve um, along with Allen Robinson. Um, but yeah, right now, you know, it's cool. Um, just just give him that light work, let him ease back into things, and and you know we'll go from there. Yeah, I I think I mean I, that's why I brought this up. I I think it's fine. I think kind of to Kevin's point, we know what Anthony Miller is capable of. I mean, he had a bunch of clutch touchdowns. He had a bunch of clutch catches. And obviously you would like him out there during minicamp and OTAs and doing all this stuff and getting better so he could take that second year jump. But um, I, I still think he's going to be a big part of it. He had that connection with Mitch last year, and I think that will continue. I, I think I, I think as long as he's there for training camp in July, I think there's nothing to worry about. Um, last topic on OTAs, Chuck Pagano and the new defense. We haven't had a lot to talk about. Um, with them because they're so damn good, but uh, <laughs> and, and you know we we got ten starters re- returning and what some are calling an upgrade and haha Clint Dix replacing mm-hmm. Adrian Amos. Um, Pagano's had a lot of good things to say about the defense. He said that this is a really good unit, a, a bunch of guys that remind him of the 2011 Ravens, uh, the last defense that he was defensive coordinator for before he took over for the Colts as head coach, um, which is great to hear. And the players have had said a lot of the same. They said that Pagano has been really easy to work with. He's mm-hmm. tried to keep keep some basics from Fangio system. And what stood out the most was the comparison that Chuck Pagano made between Eddie Jackson and Ed Reed. Um, and him saying that, quote, on a talent level, they're very similar. Their instincts, how they go after the ball. I mean, that's... I'm ecstatic hearing that. I mean, to, to hear Eddie Jackson uh, compared to an all-time player, an all-time safety, a Hall of Famer, and Ed Reed. I mean, we've said that because, I mean, this is a Bears podcast, and obviously we're shooting for the stars when we talk about our favorite players. But to hear a defensive coordinator say that, who's been around players like that, I, it's awesome to hear. And it's awesome to hear that the defense and everybody is really comfortable with these systems. Oh, yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I believe Eddie Jackson during OTAs regarding Chuck Pagano said you wouldn't even between the 2018 defense and this year's defense because uh, just the way Pagano is coaching, he said there's really just not much of a change, which is a good thing, a good thing, because there's people who worried Pagano would bring in, you know, new strategies, new schemes that would maybe screw up the defense. I, I know there was that underlying worry for people there, but for Eddie Jackson to come out and say you wouldn't really recognize that there was a new defensive coordinator in there, I think is a good thing, obviously, because we know how good the defense was last year. So if they could just replicate that, um, you know, I'd be satisfied with that. And they even have the potential to be better. But again, how can you not be ecstatic when uh, a guy who coached Ed Reed is comparing uh, our current safety, Ed Jackson, to him? I mean, currently, with his statistics, with the amount of touchdowns he has, uh, with the amount of interceptions and fumble recoveries he has, he's certainly online to be an Ed Reed-type uh, caliber player and to be a Hall of Famer. So uh, it's certainly exciting, and I'm, I'm sure it will continue for Eddie Jackson. Yeah, I mean, you know, there have, there hasn't been too many storylines about the defense, and you know, we know what the defense is about. The defense is going to do what the defense does. Um, they're going to be a top three defense at worst again, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I don't, 
I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, and and like you guys were saying, um, I think it was uh, Prince. I think it was Prince Mukamura who said that um, his coaching style was very similar to to Vic Fangio. Um, so, you know, the defense won't skip a beat at all. So I don't really have a problem with there not being too many storylines. I'm just I'm just ready to see them ball out, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we know what this defense is about. We know they're going to ball out. Um, and, and we know what to expect. So, I mean, that's all for OTAs. That's all I have. Um, let's talk about some future stuff that we're looking forward to. Uh, we always look for jumps from players. I mean, one was Eddie Jackson. He made that huge jump from being a solid safety to an all-out star. Um, one in his rookie year to second year. Let's talk about some rookies who are going into their second years, their sophomore years. Who's one guy that you're picking from last year's draft class to break out and really step up and be someone that we can really count on who we're saying by the end of the season, man, this guy's become a real cornerstone for this defense. Uh, I mean, I'll turn it over to you guys. I'll go last. Um, well, I want to go with someone different because I think I know what most people answer is going to be. And I think that's Anthony Miller, uh, for obvious reasons. We know what he did last year, seven touchdowns with basically a broken shoulder. So I think the easy candidate for that is, uh, is Anthony Miller, but a guy that I want to focus on is Bilal Nichols. Um, he's going into his second year and he had a, a pretty good year last year, uh, Kind of underrated, obviously, because when you have Khalil Mack, when you have four uh, first-team All-Pros on the defense, a guy like Bilal Nichols isn't really going to get a lot of attention. But uh, he proved that he can do some things. Again, wasn't on the field very often because of the depth that we have on on defense. But uh, he showed that he could be a force there at D-line uh, out there with Eddie Goldman. I, I don't know. I think he had three sacks last year. Uh, I believe he did have two forced fumbles as well. So he's proven to be a guy that can get after the football, punch it out a little bit. Um, but definitely, you know... In that rotation there in defensive line, I think by Lau Nichols uh, is a guy that you can look at to be uh, a second-year standout here for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that was actually mine, but I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with another one. Um, Jake, I think Jake might have an idea of who I'm about to say, um, and I'm gonna go with Javon Wims. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been singing his praises since we drafted him, and uh, you know they haven't really given him too much of a shot, um, but you know. He's just—he's so talented. Every time I every, every time I watch him, something stands out. Um, he's big. He's strong. He has good hands. Um, he's a, he's a solid route runner. I think that's something he can he can definitely improve on. Um, and there's also been rumors. Um, I, I don't know if it, it seemed more of like a Twitter rumor that started, but there's rumors about him maybe even moving to tight end because of his frame and how big he is. Um, but wow. I, I want to see him involved in the offense. I, I think he'll definitely help the offense out he'll help Trubisky out um and yeah that I mean that's my guy I, I I've been singing his praises for a while so I'm hoping Nagy gives him a chance this year yeah uh both of those are really good picks I had an idea for both of those um and I Chris I knew you were going to go with whims uh especially once he started getting a little bit of look at the end of the season but um mine's kind of an obvious one Roquan Smith I think, you know, he was a guy, Kevin, you mentioned it earlier. He was a little late to sign. He wasn't in training camp and OTAs. He, he came into training camp late. Uh, he kind of had to get caught up to speed during the preseason games. And, you know, as the season went on, went on, we saw him becoming more confident, more of a playmaker. We saw his speed. We saw his sideline to sideline uh, range. 
I, I think that was just the tip of the iceberg. I, you know, when he was drafted, this was a guy that was touted as he's the next great inside linebacker. He's the next star. He's the next, you know, middle voice of the next great Bears defense. Um, you know, and with Danny Trevathan there, Danny Trevathan's an awesome linebacker. Um, but I think we really see Roquan make a jump this year. I think we really see him be comfortable. We really see him be all caught up, have that chemistry, know his positioning, know his spots. Um, because I mean, there were times when we saw Roquan just split a gap and he was there in the blink of an eye, bringing someone down or helping bring someone down. Uh, and many times it was for a sack. And so I think Roquan Smith is the, the guy that makes the biggest jump. I think by the end of the season next year, we're going to be saying, okay, you know, we can let, we could consider letting Danny Trevathan go because we have Roquan now who's right. ready to step up and be the real leader of this defense. Um, I, I think we're really going to see him turn, start turning into a star in his second year. I think if you're an NFC North quarterback, you're pretty afraid of what you're just saying right there because not only do you have Akeem Hicks coming at your face as well as Khalil Mack, Rokon Smith is going to get better. It's guaranteed. I mean, he played so well last year, and obviously linebacker is a position where it takes a few years to really understand everything and really understand the mental IQ part of the game. And he's obviously a very smart player, but even then, you know, your first year in the NFL, uh, you know, it, it's not easy to just go right into it, especially with his situation where he doesn't go to any uh, training camp at all, basically, and then comes in game one and actually gets a sack on his first play of his career. Uh, so we sh we know the raw talent that he has, and we know the raw IQ and ability. But now from here, he's only going to get smarter. He's only going to get stronger. And I believe at Bears 100, uh, I believe it was Dick Buckus who, who said to him, just hit hard. You know, obviously that's something Dick Buckus would say because that was his game. So uh, he may also become more of a hard hitter too this year. But I'm really excited to see. I can't believe I didn't mention that either uh, about Rokon Smith. But, yeah, that's definitely – I love that pick. I definitely think uh, he probably will um, will be uh, the most improved player as far as second-year players. Yeah, yeah. I'm in agreement with all um, I think I want to throw one out here, just one more. I think we see Kylie Fitz be a contributor this year, even in like a part-time rusher role. Um, we talked about him a little bit last year as a guy who had this extreme athleticism and was talked about as a higher pick. He got taken in the sixth round yep. last year. I think he was the Bears' sixth-round pick last year, and people were saying that he only fell that low because he had a couple injuries, uh, broken foot, uh, something with his shoulder, like I think three years ago. And, you know, this is a guy who everybody said he's really strong. He's really long. He's got great athleticism. So I, I think we might see him as a part-time rusher. And, I mean, if Aaron Lynch goes down, uh, you know, maybe we see him as a bigger contributor than we thought. So I, I think he's one to keep an eye on. He's my dark horse. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's for sure. Dark horse. Um, but yeah, I like that pick. Yeah. Um, but let's move on last segment to close it out. Let's talk about some extensions. The bears have a bunch of guys that after this season are going to be up for free agency. Uh, the biggest names among those, Danny Trevathan, Cody Whitehair, and, uh, Aaron, Cody Whitehair, Danny Trevathan, Aaron Lynch, Kyle Long. Those are your big four, really. Who do you guys want to see get an extension out of anybody? I mean, I'll give you guys a minute to pull up the upcoming free agents for the Bears if you don't already yeah, have it up. But I see. It. Um, who's someone who you want to see maybe get an extension before the season? 
who deserves one, maybe even if they aren't an upcoming free agent, or someone you say, all right, we got to get this guy in the extension because we're at a real risk of losing him. So I'll turn it over to you guys, and again, I'll go last. This is kind of a tough one for me because, as you just mentioned about Roquan Smith, it kind of raises the question about how much you need uh, Dan Trevathan in there. But I think, nonetheless, I think you want to lock down Janet Trevathan for the future. We know, I believe, pretty much most of the defense is signed through 2022. So I, I think, again, if this isn't the Bears' year, I think you want to still have Daniel Trevathan in there for 2020, 2021, uh, and 2022 as well because, you know, again, if the Bears do not win the Super Bowl this year, if they you know don't live up to the expectations, you still want to have that defense in place. You don't want to regress going into the further years, and I think that could possibly happen if you lose uh, a player like Dan Trevathan because he's quite frankly, again, another very underrated player on the Bears. You know, when again, I'm gonna say it again, when you have so many stars on defense, these these types of players get underrated. But this is the leader of our defense, and people forget that he's the one calling the shots. He's the one bringing us all uh, the whole defense together, and I think. He is a guy that you want to lock down for the future because obviously we know the Bears window is pretty much these next two to three years. So if you can keep a guy like Trevathan in these next two to three years, I think that's the most important. You know, how long I'm unsure about. Obviously, there's the injury issues. I think this is a prove it year for him as far as him staying on the field. Uh, I think, you know, if he can stay healthy, maybe, you know, at 14 games, I'd be satisfied for 14 games out of Kyle Long. Um, I think that might lock him in uh, for uh, a new contract at the end of the year, I believe. But um, I think the one player that you want to focus on uh, is Dan Trevathan. I don't, I don't think much about Aaron Lynch uh, right now or even HaHa Clinton Dix. Again, it's a proven deal for him. So Dan Trevathan is my guy for that. Yeah, I think I think Kevin's just, just reading my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny Trevathan is also my guy. Um, I know, Jake, you know this. Um, I, I said this a lot uh, last year on our podcast. Um, but I just feel like he, he's so forgotten about because of exactly what Kevin said. We have so many good players on our defense. Um, but he, he is the leader of this defense. You know, he's been on the team for what, four or five, four years, four years now, I believe. Um, I think four. Yeah. And, you know, so he was here when when John Fox was here. So, um, you know, he I, I'm happy for him more than anyone that, that you know, this, this team is actually playing well and, and he's playing for a contender now. And. You can just tell, you know, him and Roquan are always talking on the sidelines, um, you know, and, and, and almost seems like Roquan looks up to him, um, and rightfully so. So Danny Trevathan is a no-brainer, in my opinion. You have to bring him back. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much more to say about that. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm going to single someone out who I think gets an extension before the season even starts. Uh, I think the writing's on the wall because it's just been talked about so much. Cody Whitehair. Uh, I think he probably gets extended before the season uh, starts. Uh, probably, I would assume, sometime during training camp when everyone's going to be around. Um, you know, he's a young guy. He's, I think he's progressed a lot. He's moving back to guard this year, which is where he's more comfortable. Um, you know, he was solid at center last year, but he has had some issues in the past. Him and James Daniels are flipping uh, back to their natural positions. But... I think it's really good to get white hair and extension because you got to keep that offensive line together. They were a really solid unit last year. Um, they were uh -huh. a real tight group and, you know, keeping the quarterback protected is one of the things you is most important on a football field, especially when it's a, a younger guy like Mitch, a guy who you expect to be your franchise guy. Um, as far as Danny Trevathan, cause I do want to chime in on this. I think they probably let him go because of his age. He's over 30 
Uh, he has a lot of wear and tear. If he accepts a, a, a shorter, cheaper deal, I think they probably bring him back. But, you know, teams are always hungry to bring in a leader, a vocal leader like that. And I think by this time next year, Roquan's going to be that guy. And I'm going to throw out someone who is also going to be an upcoming free agent. Nick Kwiatkowski, I think, gets, the, gets an extension. Because we've seen uh-huh. him be we've seen him be really valuable and kind of that secondary, you know, that second fiddle role on the inside. And I think if you have Roquan elevated to that leader spot, that you know, that main linebacker, your number one absolutely inside linebacker, I think Kwiatkowski would be a really nice compliment to him. Um, and I think you might see that happen. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing Trevathan back. I want to make that clear. Um, you guys, like you guys said, he's a great leader. He's been through the good times and the bad. Um, he deserves to be on this team and see it through to the end. Uh, I would love to for him to get a ring with the Bears because he's been awesome and he it's he seems like he genuinely enjoys this team and the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see that being a thing. Uh, so I, I could see Kwiatkowski being a guy who gets an extension too. But I, I think Whitehair is probably the one that gets it before the season. I just want to mention, Trevathan is 29, so like you said, he will be going into his 30s, but he is still 29. But I think Trevathan uh, is, or not Trevathan, Whitehair, uh, like you said, is one of the most important too, because again, I just talked about Kyle Long, right? You don't want to lose Kyle Long and Whitehair, and I'm not saying it's going to be one or the other, but um, I think if you had to choose between Whitehair or Long on which you would extend, you'd probably choose Whitehair simply because uh of long's injuries and his inconsistencies today on the field but i believe long has come out saying he's wanted to be a bear for life and i think honestly he's a guy that would take a pay cut to be back with the team because he 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 just loves football and he obviously loves the chicago bears and i i I love kyle long as a player i love his grit i love his heart i love the way he backs up his teammates so i'm not saying i want him to leave i'm just saying if you had a choice between the two it would probably be white hair but i think kyle long still would uh get in extension for a lower uh lower salary because of how much he loves the team i just want to throw that out there too absolutely i i could totally see that happening yeah all right boys if you don't have anything to add that's all i have in my notes uh do you guys have anything else that you want to touch on no that's all yeah that's pretty much it man we had everything awesome all right guys this has been a solid almost hour it's about 50 minutes but this has been a packed show. We talked about a lot of stuff, uh, broke down a lot of stuff that I think uh, hopefully our listeners will be happy to hear. But Kevin, thank you for joining. Chris, always happy to hear from you, as I said in the beginning. But thank you to our listeners. You know, leave us a like, a follow, a comment, five stars preferably. But we appreciate all of you. We appreciate you tuning in. And we appreciate feedback because we do this for you guys. But This has been another edition of Bears Nation podcast for myself, for Chris and Kevin. Thank you for listening and bear down.